I've mentioned over the last couple of homilies that there are Christian writers who critique us, rightly so, by saying that for all intents and purposes, most Christians, and this is church-going Christians, most Christians are in effect what they call pagans or practical atheists. Pagans or practical atheists, meaning that we spend an hour or two in church, but then when we go out into the world, we forget God, we forget our Christianity, and conform ourselves to the world, what's going on in the world. We don't keep Christ in mind, but we do what everybody else does. So I think I mentioned in this Mass that where in Scripture or teachings of the Church is it that we have to have a nice, beautiful, manicured lawn? And yet how much time and money do we put into it? Why do we do it? Oh, well, everybody else does it. I got to do it. Really? I mean, think about it. We have been brainwashed into thinking that you got to have a nice lawn because everybody else has it, and that's the American way. Now, we don't think about it. We just get pulled into it. But there's many other ways in which that happens. Let me give you two statistics. It's estimated that Americans will spend this year... $12 billion on Halloween. $12 billion. It's also estimated that this year Americans will spend over $120 billion on pets. $120 billion. That, that's, you know, a, a billionaire's money. And we do it, you know, have a pet, make sure they get this kind of food, get this kind of toy. You ever see on, on uh, Facebook or whatever, whatever, they give these dogs these toys and treats? The money. I suspect that the average giving in terms of pets far surpasses what Christians, many Christians, probably Catholics, give in church. And the time spent. And they're animals, you know, people say, well, my dog loves me. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he may have a kind of animal affection, but it's not love. You've got to be a human being and free to do that. And yet we project onto animals because that's what the world says. Oh, your animal really loves you. It's the only being that really loves you. Well, I, these are just examples of how we conform to the world. Very easily we get pulled right into it. And again, it's not that we're, we're making conscious choices to conform to the world, but that's what we do. That's what we do. So when we look at what's going on in the world, well, we're part of it because we conform to it. We take the right opinions, the right actions that the world says, but we forget who we are. We are not of the world. We are citizens of heaven. That's what Paul says. And what does Paul say? He says, don't conform to the age. Don't, don't. But put on the mind of Christ, which is totally different from the American mind. So we're first and foremost citizens of heaven. 
and the fact that we're here in America, we're supposed to be making a difference. So when we go in the world and do our thing, people are supposed to say they do it differently. They don't do what everybody else does. They challenge people to ask themselves, am I really doing what God wants me to do? Or is it the American culture, which is about politics, it's about money, it's about status, all those things that really, in the eyes of God, God mean nothing. Absolutely nothing. So there's the challenge that we face. To what or to whom do we conform our lives? Now, in that first reading, the writer said, uh, God says, uh, referring to Cyrus the Great, who was a pagan, who allowed the Israelites to go back to Jerusalem after their exile, uh, God refers to Cyrus as his anointed. Now, to be anointed means to be specially chosen to do God's will. Uh, he was a pagan. Now, he wasn't literally anointed with oil, but it's the same idea. Spiritually, he was chosen by God to do God's work. Now, he didn't know God as we know God. But somehow God, I guess you could say, even co-opted what he was doing to serve the people of Israel. Now, we, on the other hand, are really anointed to do the work of God. We are anointed with oil at baptism to become God's special people, his adopted children, and literally to be set aside to do the work of God, not the work of whatever community we're living in, but the work of God, which is quite different. You look at the, the, the news, why is all that happening? Well, in part, it's because believers of all kinds of religions are not really living their religion. They're conforming to the world. I want to be like, I don't want to stand out. I don't want people to persecute me or criticize me. And so we do what the world tells us. So we, though, through baptism, have been truly anointed with oil, meaning we have become a new creation, we have become adopted children of God, and we have been given a vision and a mission to go out and tell other people that there is a different way of living. Not as the world says it, but the way Jesus says it. So, again, Paul says, don't conform yourself to the world. Don't do that, because that's not what you were saved for. We have been purchased by Christ. We have been ransomed. We belong to him, and therefore, everything we do should conform to the will of God. So, who's the perfect person being who conformed himself to the Father's will? Jesus, right? He didn't own anything. He didn't have luggage. He didn't have a condo. You know, his vacation was going off into the mountains to spend quiet time in prayer. That's the model that we have, not the model of, well, I guess you could say the, the American dream, you know, have your own house, go on vacation, do this, that, and the other thing. But somehow that is so attractive to us that we conform to it without even knowing. And so we spend these billions of dollars on things that really are not important. What if we spent that money on things that were important? Feeding those who are hungry, uh, providing shelter, so forth and so on. 
Well, Jesus preaches conforming to the will of the Father. So it's not just that we are ordinary people. Through baptism, we become extraordinary people. God makes us holy, that is, he sets us apart to show the world through kindness and love and, and, and even through correction that this is the way that God wants us to live our lives. And if we do, one day we will be with God for all eternity in heaven. So we have a, a lot of challenges to kind of, maybe we should go to some reorientation camps, you know, where all day long, we're, all we're hearing is scripture and Christian music. And then so when we come out and we get into the world, we say, wait, wait, wait where's the scripture? Where's the Christian music? Where's the reminder that I am a child of God and called to do the will of God? Not the will of whatever country I happen to live in or, or come from. But we need to reorient ourselves to, to be, um, take that brainwashing and get rid of it and get brainwashed in the best way, that is, know who Jesus Christ is and follow him. It, it's a big, big um, challenge, but that's who we're supposed to be. People who, do, who step up to the challenge and conform themselves to Jesus Christ. Again, because we have been anointed by God. God is, has his real presence in that oil, so it's a sacrament. And it's a connection with God that changes us. And therefore, we're supposed to be conformed to Christ, not to the world. So think about that as you go forward. Just think about all the things you take for granted, the things you do. And just kind of ask yourself, is this about Jesus Christ and his church? Or is it about the American way of life? Is it about the culture? Have I conformed myself to God? Or am I conforming myself to the culture or cultures that are out in the world that are grabbing us and saying, this is what you're supposed to do. This is what you're supposed to be. It's a very important question so that more and more we can pull ourselves away from what is pagan, what has nothing to do with God, and then become more and more true Christians, true children of God who really make a difference so that when we are in the world, people are going to notice something different about us. What we do, what we say, what we buy. And they'll say, what, what, why are you doing that? And then we can say, well, it's all about Jesus. I have to conform myself to Jesus. You want to find out about the Lord? So that more and more people can become part of God's kingdom. That's the challenge. So we have, again, choices. We can either continue to conform to the way of the world or work at becoming who we already are, adopted children of God, and conform to the image and likeness of God and call to do the work of God. So God's giving us everything we could possibly need to do what we're called to do. But again, it's always up to us. So if we look in the world at the world and things are going awry, we have to come back to ourselves. What am I doing? How am I living my life? To what or to whom am I conforming my life? And then work on conforming ourselves more and more to Jesus. Because Jesus himself says, he is the way, the truth, and the life. 
There's nothing else after that. 